Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today on what is our last episode of Season 2 for the Catholic Buzz. Uh, so uh, my name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by the real stars of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. That's Josh Sullivan over here. Hello. Josh, welcome. <laughs> our last episode. Please yeah. don't cry. Not not, not entirely. Yeah. Last episode of this year. Of this, this season. season. This yeah. season. Yeah. And the real star, let's be honest. Of course. The I amount mean, of mail we get is not for you or me. No. It's for Matt Van Milligan over here. <laughs> Matt, Hello. the real star yeah. of the Catholic Buzz. Matt, we're already finished season two. Can yeah. you believe it? Yeah. We've done 28 episodes this season, uh, and we've done 87 episodes in total of the Catholic Buzz. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of talking that we've done. <laughs> A lot of talking that people listen to us. I know. It's really... Uh, <laughs> and from all over the world. Australia, Texas, Ireland. We had some, we had some <laughs> yes, downloads in Ireland. I know. So yeah. hello to our friends in, outside of Canada. Because, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, like... Thank Matt, you for your support. Yeah, thank you. Seriously. And thanks to our local uh, Canadians, our local uh, parishioners, our local yeah. uh, Northern Ontarians. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, a good season. So uh, today's our uh, season finale. Of course, we're going to be back for season three. Uh, in the fall, we're just going to take a wee bit of a summer break so Matt can uh, retreat and uh, read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he needs new material for yeah. next season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should send cameras to follow Matt around this summer just yeah. to see what he gets I, up I, to. I, attempting to read while children climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I know. So, Matt, uh, I know you shared with us uh, a few days ago that, well, when when Teresa Marie was here, we shared that, you know, you guys are expecting child yeah. number five. Yeah. And uh, you, you found out that it's going to be a girl. Yeah. 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 The first girl. Changed the, four all the boys. Dynamics, yeah. Eh? Yeah. Gonna, four boys and now a girl. Yeah, it's going to be a whole new world. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah She's going to be daddy's little girl, eh? <laughs> okay. So we've had 28 episodes this season. Uh, my question uh, to you is uh, which episode this season was mm. your favorite? Mm. Oh. And I'm going to refresh your memory here just a little bit. We're going to send like... Yeah. Um, a little list of episodes we've done, like we're going to post to our social media, to yeah. our social media, and our new website. So the people are looking at for topics too. That like, oh, you know, I want to know what they say about this or that exactly. or the other thing. Or what? Is, sorry, not what they say. What the church says about this. Hopefully, exactly. Um, then you can look it up. You know. So, see. what was your favorite episode of season two? Oh, that's hard to say. We had some good ones. We had uh, some really good ones. I I did enjoy the pet one. Our yeah. pet owner selfish. selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our pet owner selfish. That was a good episode. And yeah. if people was, don't know what we're talking about, it's episode eight of season two, and it was a response to uh, Pope uh, the Pope Francis. Uh, you know, said that. Well, media headlines were saying yeah. that Pope Francis was slamming pet owners for being selfish because they were choosing pets other than children. Yeah. yeah. I think I think for me it's all the sex ones. I think that was a big topic that we've been talking about since day one. I think we mm. talked. Okay, we got to talk about sex, but it's such a wide topic, and it's something that the Catholic Church, um, as much as we talked about it, it, it filled up four episodes easily. Yeah. Um, the people, the Catholics around us, we don't talk about it or not as open about it as as we should be, maybe, or as as we and we. It's something that gets left behind in religion classes or left behind in uh, our our marriage prep courses, not the new marriage prep courses, yeah. but maybe like when I went through, it was kind of something that was a little bit um, not discussed. Yeah, we've, we've had people come up to us since and saying like, yeah. 
when, when we were getting married, when we were, yeah, people never talked about this. So yeah. that's great that we're having that was four, an open discussion. Four whole episodes. Four whole yeah. episodes. That was episode 24, 25, 26, and 27 for those yeah. who are just uh, catching up on our episodes. Yeah, you're right. The, the amount of people who said thanks for those conversations because, you know. Yeah, we, yeah a lot of those. And and also the people who have said, like, I don't know who to talk to about those things. So thanks yeah, for yeah. talking about them, right? Yeah. And it was a joy. We had two special guests this season on yeah. our uh, podcast. So Teresa Marie, Matt's wife, was uh, our most recent guest uh, during the sex month. I keep calling it sex yeah. month of episodes, four, four episodes. And, of course, Bishop Thomas Dowd. Remember, he was... Uh, yep. Uh, with us early in the season, uh, he was our first guest uh, ever. So he was with us talking about uh, all sorts of different things uh, that day that we had him as our special guest. I think that was episode three of our season, season two. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. My favorite episode of season two. Yeah. We had some good ones, but if I had to uh, pick one, I'm going to have to go with episode 14. Okay. Uh, we did an episode called Are Non-Practicing Catholics Really Catholic? Oh, and that yeah. garnered some attention. Yeah. From uh, I, I mind you, I've listened to that episode a couple times since, yeah. and uh, w- you know, you guys brought up some really good points when we were talking about th- that topic. Uh, but that has drawn uh, so much the- so much um, reaction, yeah. positively and, and negatively. negatively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that episode. That's and, what we're here for. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Sounds like but it started a good discussion. It started a good discussion, and that's what uh, we try to do uh, on the uh, Catholic Buzz. So, Get people talking. Yeah. So um, you know, um, with that season two, you know, yeah. we're always saying like, you know, we have these episodes that we like, and we did all these episodes twenty eight. Uh, we said, but. There's some things that fall through the crack during a season of our That's right. right? That's right. Like here we are having conversations. Matt's having another child. We have a like couple of different things. things. And we have a couple of things that fell through the crack. So people who email us questions, uh, people who email us comments, uh, thank you very much for emailing us your comments and your feedback and your, and your questions. But we went through all of our social media messages, yeah. our email accounts, all these things. And we noticed that there were a few questions that remain unanswered yeah. right? wrap at those the up. end of our season. So Josh has them. Yeah. And uh, now on our final episode, we're just going to wrap. Uh, we're <laughs> going to answer these questions. And then we're going to talk about what is coming up in the Catholic world this coming summer. Perfect. Okay. We're going to read these out and we're gonna, we don't have a timer. Do we have timers? No, we're not going to have timer. We're no, just going to no. answer them real quick. Yeah, yeah. So these are simple, easy answers. There's a lot more to some of these, but uh, you're going to have to look those up in the catechism or maybe we'll talk about them in another episode. Why do people obey the Pope? They they don't yeah. <laughs> always. <Yeah. laughs> they don't. I think, okay, yeah. so the Pope, the Pope has the authority uh, at, in his role as Pope. In, in he has certain authority over the Catholic Church, over bishops, over cardinals, over the priests, over the laity, and things that he can ask. But again, just because he says things doesn't mean that they are written in stone. He's not infallible, except for we talked about when he becomes infallible in a very specific uh, ceremony ritual. Right? Yeah, maybe reframing the question that why should people yeah. <laughs> at least yeah. l- l- listen to the Pope that, yeah. you know, um, canonically, yeah. the Pope is the highest moral teaching authority within the Church and even... Uh, teachings that are issued by other faculties within the church do need, you know, the Pope's uh, seal of approval. So uh, having that office, yeah, it, he deserves some. Yeah, and again, I just want to say, you know, I think we mentioned it in another episode, but there's this, uh, you know, thought out there that we believe that the Pope is infallible at all times, no, right? Yeah, and yeah. 
that's just not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the news tries to make big news about, oh, the Cardinal said this against Pope Francis saying that. And you're like, no, no, they are allowed to disagree on their understanding of specific teachings and stuff. But when it comes to actually, we have a process of what the church teaches, when it teaches. Exactly. Okay. What is the importance of a deacon? (laughs) This is not a one word answer, but helping with the ministries of charity, service, in the church. Yeah, so remember from the scriptures, they they picked men of good repute, yep. I think is the exact wording, men, uh, of, hey, yep. men of good repute, uh, to be assistants uh, to the bishops, right? And uh, uh, I think that's where the ministry of deacons, the heart of the ministry of deacon is. Like, uh, oh, our, our deacons uh, provide such great ministry. And, you know, you look at the life of a... So there's two types of deacons, just to clarify. Yeah. Uh, so... I uh, was ordained a deacon yeah. before I was ordained a priest. There's two types of deacons. There's transitional deacon, which means that uh, you're ordained a deacon before uh, you're ordained a priest. So transitional as mean you know you're, you're transitioning to the yeah. priesthood. And then there's permanent deacons. Permanent deacons. That's their call. That's their vocation. And uh, permanent deacons are married if they or, are married yeah. before they yes. become uh, a deacon. And their ministry is, is to serve. You see, people mostly see deacons liturgically, yeah. like they picked men of good repute to serve at the tables. That's yeah. what the, the the scriptures say. And so you mostly see deacons. So they're beside the priest uh, at the For altar. Mass. They're preaching the word of God. That's right, yeah. uh, they uh, give homilies. They're also allowed to baptize. They, they lead funerals. If there's no mass, uh, they can bury the dead. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, deacons can do liturgically, but I think the beautiful thing of being a deacon, uh, and I had a short time as a deacon. Well, I guess, yeah. I, you know, I was ordained a deacon. I'm always a deacon. That's yeah. where our service comes from, at the heart of our service uh, comes from. Uh, but the beautiful thing about deacons is most deacons have a ministry outside of the parish that yes. they are involved in, so whether that's uh, outreach to those who are homebound, uh, you know, bringing the Eucharist to people, working with the poor, other charitable stuff, being Catholic liaisons to certain boards and certain things. And so deacons are out there doing some really amazing things, right? So I know people in the pews just see them liturgically, but it's really a, it's it's a ministry of service. It's a, you know, it's a really a heart of service. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so we've talked about sex to consummate marriage, um, how sex is, is one of those things that are required to consummate a marriage. Um, is Mary and Joseph's Mary, marriage valid if she is a perpetual virgin? Um, I would say yes, um, yes. but I think uh, like that's yeah. not very satisfactory. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, no, right. no th- Matt said yes. Let's and, we're, and we're good. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. No, but the, the sacrament of marriage as we understand it now you know, uh, that the the church kind of defines and administers the sacraments and the church, you know, wasn't formally established at that point. Yeah. So Mary Jesus and Joseph's wedding would have been conducted under kind of the Jewish ritual. Um, but e- even that's like, that. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a post-rationalization of why, you know, it, it would be valid without having necessarily having that component yeah. um, and necessarily not having that component because of yeah. Marian dogmas. Um, but also, you know, Mary and Joseph's marriage is kind of a singularity in human history. That is not, we, <laughs> right. we, can't, we can't just kind of say, oh, whoa. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of above reproach. It's above question because it's, uh, you know, a, a uniquely formed relationship for a very specific purpose. When you are the mother or yeah. stepfather of God, yeah. then you can Certain set your own rules. Apply. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, and you know they gave their full consent. I mean, this yeah. is unique, yeah, yeah. right? To, to raise the child Jesus, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. remember, the Gospel of Matthew actually, uh, you know, in chapter one, does say that uh, Joseph is yeah. the husband of Mary, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and even well, every Mass in the Eucharistic prayer. You know, the Blessed Virgin Mary and Blessed Joseph, her spouse, right? So that means that the marriage is valid. It's recognized, right? So, Okay, this one's a bit of a confusing one. But um, are you saved in in the modern day? I think what I would—I'm going to understand that question to mean um, Jesus died for the people on earth at that time. 2,000 years later, are you still saved by by Jesus's— um, sacrifice and yes, you you can be if you accept his salvation, <laughs> right? If you if you are the one willing to accept it and ask God for um, his salvation. Yeah, and you know I I see that as like we all have an ongoing need for yeah, yeah, every day, saved, an ongoing need for uh, what we call uh, conversion, right? Conversion of heart. So as as Catholics, we don't believe in like the one saved date. As right. Some other Christian denominations might say, "Oh, I was saved on, on this, this date." date. Yeah. That's not what we believe as Catholics. On, as Catholics, every day is a choice. Every day is a you absolutely. Know, every action is a choice. Every that's you know. right. And so um, you are saved on a regular basis, and you have to re recommit on a, on a regular. That's basis. what the beautiful sacraments are for. Yeah. Okay, how do Catholics see and respond to suicide? That's a really deep one. We talked a little bit about this on, firm, on other episodes. I know that we did. Um, but we know now a lot more than what maybe the church taught, I'm going to say, 50 years ago. And some of that was now we know it's a mental illness. Now we know that there's, um, a, lot to, like, there's a lot of other things that are happening when suicide is involved. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're, when it comes to that, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah and, the, and the real the real tragedy of suicide. Well, the tragedy of suicide is that yeah. someone takes their life. But the the uh, the really hard part about that, from a kind of Catholic theological perspective, is yeah. that it's a mortal sin that you can't atone for. Yes, you don't have the opportunity to confess. Yeah, um, that you know we believe that you know uh, human life is the, uh, the yeah, gift. Yeah, um, that um, that you know for the same reason you can't murder, you can't take human life yeah that applies to yourself as well yeah yeah that's right but you're right that uh, you know we we understand today that you know i I, there are people still who remember the days when when someone committed suicide they weren't uh, permitted a catholic funeral they weren't permitted to To be buried buried in a catholic Catholic cemetery yeah right uh those you know now we understand a lot more that people in the right frame of mind aren't taking their own life right there's something going on in their heart that's really uh burdensome that's you know um, and we recognize that as they weren't in a clear state of mind when they made that decision. So now, now it, it it's it's on the same topic, but at a little bit different um, euthanasia and and accepting and signing over your life and all that. That's a different little bit. Story. That's a different story, right? Because you, as long as you are of sound mind and all that, like that's that's um, not accepted by the Catholic Church. And and yeah. you are, you know, like. If someone commits suicide, you can still pray for that person. We don't know what the final judgment is. I mean, we have an sure. idea. We have oh, that. Yeah. But, w- like, the people here on earth aren't the final judge. That's yeah. God and God alone. And understanding if there's a mental illness and there's a chemical imbalance with the chemicals going on in the brain, if that's the case, God's gonna, God's the one that sets the, the judgment. God is the judge. Um, for us on earth here, we know that it's wrong, and so we encourage people not to do it. Of course. Right? But, okay. Yeah. And there, there it lies maybe the uh, 
um, I don't know, the sad part of the topic of suicide because we, we put so much uh, effort and attention into preventing young people from taking their life. And yet, at the same time, at least here in our country, we are almost suggesting it to the elderly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's the sad reality And, and we're fighting we for it before they're even out of the womb. I know. Like, we're fight, like, the culture of death that we have ourselves in, and then we're surprised when someone commits suicide. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's unfortunate. There's, there's other things at play here. Okay. That's a downer. I'm sorry. Well, we'll leave on a better note on the last question I have here. <laughs> what are some of your recommended books to read this summer? So that's kind of a nice one. Yeah, I will uh, turn to Matt because okay. uh, you are, uh, you're like a walking library. <laughs> 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 having Matt beside okay. you is like having like the internet beside you, yeah, you know, yeah, like in your good. pocket. Yes. Um, what would you suggest? Take that real? as an insult because I don't like the internet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. The <laughs> smell of the pages. You're losing a lot of the experience. Okay, so for like... Um, it's not strictly catechetical reading, but like right. for like spiritual growth reading, yeah. um, something I've really enjoyed this past year is uh, um, a book by his name's Jack Mulder, mm-hmm. um, and it's just called What It Means to Be Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's just uh, just kind of a really honest. He's he's a post product. Maybe I just like it because <laughs> it resonates with with my experience. But he's he's a convert um, to Catholicism. Uh, from uh, Protestant, so he really kind of bridges his understanding of um, uh, how his faith was formed in a Protestant context, and really how how he kind of made that step to become Catholic. But for uh, I would say like edifying fiction, yeah. um, I, my recommendation always is uh, *Brideshead Revisited* by Evelyn Waugh. It's a it's a fantastic book, um, and just for like fun reading, I would say uh, probably something like *The Walking Drum* by Louis L'Amour. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. See, That's a good list. Yeah. Right right there, though, you, you can see, when you said what book to read, I was just thinking of one book. I wasn't thinking of the different categories of yeah. reading. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Myself. Yeah. But you're not a walking library. I, I'm not a walking library. That's why. That's why. And for yeah. poetry, I, I would recommend <laughs> I, No, but I listen to my audiobooks most of the time. So when you, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, oh, that's what I would listen to. Oh, oh, that's a good, yeah. yeah. And contemporary philosophy. I would, um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Father? Well, I would recommend uh, the book I'm currently reading, which is uh, very edifying for me, and it's it's called Reclaiming Vatican II, and mm. uh, it's by Father Blake Britton, and uh, it's it, he Father Blake does such a good job talking about how we have to reclaim uh, Vatican II, because he's talking about this beautiful reality, yeah. which is... Um, we got lost somewhere in between the shuffle of of what Vatican II was, implementing Vatican II, yeah. and currently trying to live out Vatican II. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's and really that good. that at first there were so many people just eager for change that things weren't implemented correctly, right? And uh, it's uh, yeah, and it and it shows too why there's a bit of division in the church in like people who want the traditions of mm-hmm. pre-Vatican II and people who are like hardcore pushing for change. very progressive change or yeah. whatever yeah. it might be because of their understanding of how Vatican II, uh, what they think Vatican II was. You know, what happened, there was the big, during Vatican II, there was a big sort of leak of media leaking. You know, that's kind of popular today. Media leaks documents yeah. the night before an announcement or whatever it might be. And so as things were being leaked, 
uh, like the documents of Vatican II haven't even hadn't even been really yeah. read or promulgated or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or written. Sorry, not read and promulgated. Uh, and so there's this. Anyways, it's amazing if yeah. you if you like that sort of stuff. Father Blake Britain reclaiming Vatican II. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Okay, and my- for nonfiction, yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I'm a one book at a time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, for me, it would be uh, Peter Kraft, Kreeft, Kraft. Yeah. Um, uh, Kreeft, I think. Kreeft. Kreeft. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, yeah. there we go. Um, uh, yes and no. And basically, it's it goes through the discussions of why, like, is there a God? Is there not a God? It's a two person dialogue um, throughout. Um, basically an atheist and a Christian basically talking about whether there's a God or not. And kind of through the discussion of, of these two people, um, the Christian brings forward solid arguments. The atheist tries to show where there's wrong, there are things that are wrong there. But uh, Peter Kraft is a good Catholic author. A mm-hmm. um, lot of great books by him. I'd recommend pretty much anything by him. But that one specifically for if, if you want to start to know how to defend your faith, the, the topic with how to defend that there is a God and prove that there's a God and that Jesus is God and then like slows in. And so yes and no by Peter Kraft. 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 So Kraft. add those to your reading yeah. list if people are looking for something to read this summer. Okay. Uh, so one. we got about 10 minutes left in our episode, of our, our final episode of season two. And uh, we're going to look forward now to the summer. There's lots of things mm. going. So let's try. Mm. I know it's very hard for us, but let's try and be. A little quick. So number one, right is obvious, is Pope Francis will be visiting Canada yes. between July 26th and July, uh, tr- sorry, July 24th and July 29th. So he'll be visiting Canada. And, so, Am I right in saying that he's stopping in three places? That's right. Yeah. So he's going to Edmonton, Quebec City, and then Iqaluit yes. in none of it. Uh, so those are the three places he's going. Uh, you know, th- since they announced that he's going to those yeah. cities, there's been criticism about where he's going. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, I mean, it's never going to be perfect, right? No. Mm-hmm. Whether the Pope was here for a month and toured Canada, yeah. there will yeah. still be people upset. Uh, he's chosen, well, the Vatican or him or, uh, you know, some of the, the people on the ground here have chosen these three sites. They each have significance of why he's visiting those places. And we have to take in mind here, I, I know people have mentioned this, but it's it's not an excuse. It's a reality. Pope Francis, is, is his his mobility is limited right now. Yeah. He's already canceled trips to, like, Lebanon he was supposed yeah. to go to. He's still pushing to come to Canada uh, you know, so God bless him. Yeah, I think I think the fact that he's still pushing it, that he's he's still it's still there. It's a, and he has a very specific purpose. Purpose, like absolutely. He he, he he did apologize at the Vatican. They wanted him to come to Canada to mm-hmm. apologize, and he like the the stories that he heard and the and the the stuff that ha- that he that he listened to like changed his heart that he made this happen. You know what I mean? And so he, he wanted to do everything he could to kind of put this chapter of this event, you know, um, kind of so that we can move forward towards the reconciliation. So if this is what needs to happen, he's, he's willing to make it happen as much as he possibly can. We know right now, he, he was walking at Easter, I think, but now he's in like with a cane and a limp and everything else, but now he's into a wheelchair. Yeah. And, and so like he's, his health is declining to uh, uh, fast, I'm going to say not not necessarily too fast. Hopefully, but well, he's got uh, knee troubles. Yeah, and, and walking uh, around, and you know he's he's 
his brain's still there, but his but his he's physical trouble, body. And he doesn't want to go. I, I believe what I read was yeah. he doesn't want to undergo surgery because uh, I think there were complications last summer when he had some of his intestine yeah. removed when he was under sedation. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, so I there remember were some complications about that. there. So I think he's trying to avoid surgery. But so he's still coming here for like a <laughs> he's week. He's coming here. You know? He's coming so, here for yeah, and he'll almost. be visiting those three places. So we're gonna pray for him. And like you said, the per- like you know, usually when a pope comes to uh, a country or visits somewhere, there's a lot of fanfare, there's excitement, and yeah, uh, there's... all that stuff. You know, that's not the case. You, this the visit this year, the focus is a little bit toned down because of the purpose of that visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it, like it speaks to um, his decision and his determination to come. That like he's. Uh, the, the Pope's schedule is more than more than months planned out ahead. Exactly. Like yeah. he's, he's actually canceled engagements to come here. Right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so he'll be here on a on a you know on the mission of of contributing to the reconciliation with the indigenous peoples. So that's the focus of this trip, and not the usual fanfare. The last Pope to visit Canada was JP two John Paul II. Yeah. In, in Toronto. Two thousand two 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 thousand two. 2002. And the Pope just announced a bunch of new cardinals. This. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and they're going to—they're going to—he's going to create the cardinals uh, on August twenty seventh, I believe, right? And so that's kind of—if you're listening to the news, the po- the the popular thing to do is to treat these guys like politicians, because who's going to be the next Pope? So are they liberal? Are they conservative in their beliefs? More tr- traditional? Or are they more pushing an agenda of some sorts? And but you have to realize, like, the reason for cardinals is to elect the new Pope. And some of these cardinals are over the age of, uh, of voting, and so they're going to be 80 or older mm-hmm. um, at the time that they are um, created as cardinals. And so th- it's more of an honorary title at that point. Sure, because uh, you can't vote in the conclave at, at the age of 80, 80 right? and forward. Yeah. So by the time this August consistory, he's, yeah. so he's going to create these car- new cardinals, uh, and then they're, gonna, they're calling the world's cardinals to the Vatican yeah. uh, like the day after yeah. uh, for these meetings, right? And uh, by that time, uh, after those new cardinals are made, there's going to be 132 cardinal electors. Mm-hmm. So that's what the, what the uh, they can vote in the, in the conclave. 62 percent of that number yeah. would have been created by Pope Francis. Like those cardinals have been 60, made by yeah, Pope Francis. Yeah. So, uh, that's now, that's a pretty big number. And people say, like, okay, well, he's stacking the deck or he's trying to push an agenda or something like that. Again, that's political talk. You have sure. to realize uh, if if these cardinals are of a specific age of sorts, right? And, and so uh, he's been pope now for 10 years. Of course he's going to have created like a large percentage of these cardinals, right, as, as going on. But even Pope Benedict, during his time, the amount of cardinals that he created at a time, or even yeah. JP2, the amount of cardinals, those are the cardinals are going to far outweigh a lot of times in especially John Paul II. I can imagine that most cardinals at that time sure. probably he created in his yeah, 20 some years. His 27 years. Yeah, of being a, yeah. yeah. So it's not political by any means necessarily. It This is specifically um, creating these positions and, and it do, they do help um, mold the church in some ways, you know, like um, in electing a new Pope and that stuff. But again, we believe that the church itself is directed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so if these, you know, if it comes a time where we have a conclave and then we believe we, we all pray, like the whole church is praying at that time that the right person is chosen, that the right yeah. things are done. So, And, and uh, on that note, I was thinking about, you know, when, uh, gather the Vatican, gathering at the Vatican, what else is happening in the Vatican right now is, uh, you know, this ongoing synod yeah. on synodality. Remember we That's talked right. about yeah. it yeah. when... Yeah. when uh, 
Pope. I was going to say Pope Tom D- Thomas Dowd. No, Bishop Bish- Thomas <laughs> Dowd was on our. Uh, was on our. Oh, I hope he doesn't mind. The, I don't think he'll mind if I call him the Pope. Yeah. Uh, Bishop Thomas Dowd was on our on our thing. We have I don't think we've talked about the synod since then. But, no, not uh, really. So no. in our own diocese, the synod process has happened. So people have collected information. The diocese has asked questions. They've compiled information. The diocese is uh, sending that on to the Canadian bishops. The Canadian bishops have to make a report for for the Vatican, right? Yeah. And so this ongoing, you know, synod is kind of what Pope Francis's man like mandate has been, sort of curial reform and. Yep. Uh, you know, all those things. Now, the process of synod, mm-hmm. uh, it's not perfect. You know, like I've <laughs> I've yeah. read a, a copy <laughs> of uh, some of the comments uh, from our own diocese, you know. And sure, it's an opportunity for everyone to sort of weigh in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, from what I read, it's to me, think- it was a, it was kind of showed where people's hearts were. You know, you yeah. had your... You had you had responses from religious groups and and parishes that are really trying to uh, uh, focus and and be faithful to mm-hmm. the church and and God, and you saw the fruit of that. You saw like the things yeah. they're doing and all that stuff. And then it's also an opportunity for people who just want change, yeah. and and uh, change and, the change that I would mm-hmm. classify as being. Of this world and not of yeah. God, yeah, right. Yeah. Like people changing for things, like people asking for change, like <clears throat> or, ordaining well, women and stuff, like things that are clearly against the. We've talked teaching. about that. There's dogma and doctrine, yeah. and those things don't change. Our understanding and doctrine can, but our dogmas don't. And so there's not going to be a drastic like the synod yeah. on synodality is not going to be like okay, now we've decided that Jesus was now a woman or like whatever the case may be right. like we're, it's, it's not going to be something drastic or the fa- we're not going to refer to the father, father, God the father as yeah. the father exactly yeah. you know like the, these are things that aren't the, the dogmas are the dogmas yeah. and, so. and something that can be said for the synodal process is yeah. that you know it's due process like sure. even though these are kind of preliminary like people uh, are are able to voice their perspective. Absolutely. That these are being aggregated by the bishops, they're being vetted by exactly. the conferences, and then finally being brought to the Vatican. So, you know, by that time, there's... I think it's a really good thing, like, so the Vatican, that like, as they're looking at it, that they're hearing the voice of the people and where they're at. Because also, that can also help change, like, it, when, when I want to know where my kids are at, if I'm thinking of it that way, when I want to know where my kids, I have to have a good, deep conversation with them. And when we're asking the right questions, we get, and I, and at that time, I mean, I tell them, like, when we have a serious conversation, you can say whatever you want. So, like, if you're having a hard time with me, I want you to tell me to my face right now what I'm doing wrong and everything else. Right now? Well, yeah, not, not right now. Uh, not you guys. Uh, uh, but no, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I say, like, no, like, all... You can say whatever you want right now. Yeah. You're not going to be punished. You're not sure. going to be uh, judged. You're not going to be. I like right now is an open conversation. I want to know where you're at, and then I so then I can I can I can see where my kids' hearts are at, and where maybe they need help, maybe where they need guidance, maybe where they need, or or sometimes they come up with really good ideas that I am able then to. Oh, you know what? That is a. You're right. I am being unfair when it comes to this. We can look at this a little bit differently. We can look at how can we change, how can we move forward, and and boom. It doesn't mean that I'm going to like. I really they they really think that they need to eat a lot more chocolate and candy. Well, that's not going to be helpful for them, and right. I know that, so it's, that's not going to change. But if all of a sudden my my one my uh, son that's in high school is saying, I think I need a later bedtime, yeah. and I look at what he's doing during the day, and I'm like, you know what? Oh, yeah, you're right. That does work. I think you know what? I, like right now, you come home and you work homework until you go to bed. That's not fun. Yeah. 
You know, let's let's look at pushing the bedtime back a little bit. Yeah, I think I think the process. You're right. Is is, is a there's deeper. No harm there's hearing people. Out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people have their uh, you know their their pl- proper place to share that, right? And I think you're right. It's it is a tool to see where are people's hearts at, and maybe right. we can address those things, yeah. right? To help people sort of. Uh, you know, come to a deeper understanding about uh, about the whys or the hows or or where we should be moving together, like a, moving together as a mm-hmm. as a church, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so those are sort of the happenings going on uh, there. Yeah. And uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up season two? Well, for people that wanted to know what else to do this summer, we have a beautiful Catholic retreat coming up, yeah. and so you can see the uh, Holy Name Saint Alphonsus website for that one. And, yeah, and uh, uh, it's funny. We were talking about uh, like our our season. We were talking about people talking about talking to us about like uh, the sex episodes we were doing. Yeah, yeah. And because the three of us led a Pentecost retreat. Yeah, a couple happened, weeks yeah. ago, right? <laughs> and we were speakers at this Pentecost retreat, yeah. and it was thank just, you for all those who came. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just funny because uh, people were like, "Wow, yeah. hearing us talk again, again, and then again." Uh, all three of us are speaking yeah. at that Catholic family retreat this summer. Yeah, in July. At the so end of bring July. your family along. It's it's all about uh, relationships uh, with yourself, relationship with your spouse, yeah, fostering authentic relationships, right? Self, family, uh, spouse, self, spouse, and Kids your children, and, and then God. God. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be keeping busy this summer with the ministry. But we'll be back in September sometime. We'll be back in the fall with a new season. And if things happen, we might have a special episode this summer where we'll see what we can. What kind of buzz comes up during the summer that we need to talk about? Exactly. So. Uh, as we wrap up season two, we have to acknowledge that it's not just the three of us Absolutely that put this not. podcast uh, together. Of course, behind the scenes, we got uh, Dave, Sam, Kevin, and Ben that are always uh, working hard to make this podcast happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put up with a lot. You know, they put up, <laughs> they really put up with a lot. They wait around for us all the time. <laughs> And As we're uh, talking about books and <laughs> uh, what we did on the weekend. So thank you to them. Also, uh, we have a new website for uh, the Catholic yes. Bus Podcast. Again, thank you to those who made that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's bu- very simple. It's thecatholicbuzz.com. Yeah. Thecatholicbuzz.com. So we're going to be posting a catalog of all our past episodes that's easy to find for people to go back and, and see some of the episodes we talked about today or back up uh, to season one. I listened to uh, some of our first episodes of season one the other day. Yeah. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Our technology, yeah. too. Even just, and just in the technology itself has come up so, yeah. so much. But also <laughs> how we've done this, yeah. God bless people who watched us at the beginning. <laughs> Um, so yes, thank you to our crew for always, uh, you know, helping us out during this uh, podcast and making things go smoothly. Thank you to you two for being my colleagues here and having good conversation. So the catholicbuzz.com is our new website. You can also leave comments on our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube pages, all those things, lots of ways to uh, get a hold of us. And that's a wrap for season two for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, and me, Father Daniele, we want to thank you who have been watching, who have been listening for two seasons. Thank you all, and God bless you. We'll see you for season three. Bye.